0: Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. My name is Colin Waitsman, I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News. And a bunch of things have happened uh, since we've talked last so definitely want to get into that first before we start the episode, make sure that you share with a friend, you subscribe, you like, you shoot us a follow, give us a rating, all that good stuff. It helps us know that you're enjoying the show, and it really, I really do appreciate it. Um, we're seeing a lot of growth, and it's really super exciting. So first, three stories we're going to get into. Uh, we're going to look into the history, uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos photo that just recently uh, surpassed one of the most iconic photos in all of track history. Uh, Clay Thompson, he has some notes about track and field. What did he say? What does it mean for the sport? And does it actually mean anything? And then we're going to finish up the show talking about indoor track. Is it dead? Is it over? What's happening this year? We want to see. We need to know. So we're going to get into all of those three first. First, uh, as we, I mentioned, we want to talk about the anniversary of the iconic photo with tommy smith and john carlos Uh, for those that don't know it's the uh, photo of the two black traffic athletes standing on the podium with their fists up with the the black gloves on those are tommy smith who was the champion and john carlos who was in third place the anniversary of when this happened was october 16th 1968 52 years ago in mexico city uh, give a little background on what happened. It was the two hundred meter championship. Tommy uh, Smith actually won. He was uh, he got the world record uh, at the time for it, and John Carlos came in third. Uh, this this guy that came in second place, uh, white guy from Australia, Peter Norman. Um, He's a he was a big supporter of the of civil rights and supporting what both Tommy Smith and John Carlos did. Uh, gonna give some fun facts and some interesting uh, backside on that photo. What happened before? What happened after? So, as I mentioned, Peter Norman, huge supporter of the cause, he actually was the one that suggested. That John Carlos wear the glove because he had forgotten his black glove at the Olympic Village, so he wasn't able to to use it. And it was Peter Norman that suggested, "Hey, why don't you use the other glove from from Tommy Smith?" Uh, that's why one of them's wearing a left hand glove, one of them's wearing a right handed glove. Um, and uh, there's a lot of different symbolism uh, within, within what happened, so we're going to kind of go over it. So if you, gotta, if you take a second, take a, pull up the picture, and I'll, you can walk this through. So first, uh, Tommy Smith, he wore a black scarf that was supposed to represent black pride. Um, both of the, the athletes received their medals without their shoes on, and they were wearing black socks that were supposed to symbolize the black poverty that was going throughout the United States. Um, all three of the podium finalists, if you look, they're wearing a, a button, a blue button, that's for the Olympic Project for Human Rights. Uh, they were, as I mentioned, they were, all three of them were big supporters of seeing uh, African Americans, black people across the world, uh, marginalized societies, being raised up into being treated like equals. And it was great to see that it's not just the, the two Americans, but the Australian as well, who's a big supporter. Um, there's some other smaller, uh, smaller things you might've noticed. Uh, John Carlos, he actually had his... Z- jacket, his track jacket unzipped, which was not supposed to happen. You're supposed to have your jacket fully zipped during this event, but that was supposed to represent the middle-class America and uh, all the, the black uh, African-Americans that are that are going through it as well. So a lot of symbolism within the photo uh, means a lot. And of course, the, the main focal point was wearing the, the black glove, which is supposed to uh, represent with like the Black Panthers and, and black pride and strength within the black community so a lot of symbolism within that picture and just having that anniversary not too long ago um pretty interesting uh they did get in a lot of backlash actually so the ioc um right after this wanted to ban the um the two men from the olympics forever uh originally the u.s stuck up for them and they're like hey no we're we're not gonna do that uh but then after the ioc had said, "Hey, if you don't ban them, then we're just gonna ban the entire U.S. track team for the rest of the Olympics." And they're like, "Okay, well, <laughs> settle down. Don't do that." And so the the United States ended up banning them from competitions, and um, they never never compete. I do not believe they competed internationally again. I uh, don't don't quote me on that. But yeah, I don't believe they, they ever competed again because of because of the ban. They never had to give away their their medals though, but um yeah they they weren't they weren't competing again uh peter norman also received some some criticism obviously for for supporting this in australia um and the two men were were very very supportive of of peter norman he he passed away a little while ago and both of the men were, were present at the at the funeral and i believe they they carried uh his casket as well so um very very iconic photo uh, a lot of stuff that I didn't know uh, that was going on behind the scenes and what actually happened to the athletes and, and all that stuff but one of the most famous images of all time very interesting to see the background on that next uh, want to get into clay Thompson uh, so recently as as well not recently but um, last year Clay Thompson um, Tour like tours ACL, or it was like a micro tear or something like that. He was out for the season, wasn't able to compete this past year um, because of an incident that happened in the playoffs two years ago. And so right now, he's really starting to get back into things. He's been doing a lot of cardio, fitness, things of that nature. And so there has been a couple Instagram photos of uh, and videos of Clay Thompson working out at a local track, running, jumping, doing all that type of stuff. And so he, in an in Instagram live, I think it was, or it was on his Instagram story, um, was giving credit to track and field saying, man, this is a different type of grind. This is, this is difficult. He was giving kudos to all the athletes that, that are out there grinding because he recognized, Hey, this is hard." Um, because they, I mean, to be honest, it is, if, if you look at it, you can have a significantly difficult workout in just 45 seconds a minute five minutes like you can have some of the most difficult work of your that that you'll have your entire year within a very short period of time because there's not a lot of you know stopping shooting resting getting going into it like there might be in other sports and so hearing hearing one of the most prolific uh basketball players in the united states in the world uh, one of the best players in the world to be saying hey track no joke Pretty cool to hear. So it was nice to, to see that we got some kudos there from, from Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah. Uh, next, want to go into track and field. Indoor track and field, is it dead? Yes and no. And here's why I say that. So um, one thing on on a good note, we'll start on a good note, that you might have noticed is that all athletes that are competing in winter sports, so this includes indoor track and field, basketball, uh, I'm drawing a blank on some other sports. Volleyball? Not sure. I can't remember. But uh, indoor indoor winter, winter sports, all the athletes are going to be granted an extra year of eligibility regardless of how many competitions they participate in this year. That's huge. So what does that mean for the sport as a whole? That means that athletes are now going to be given five potential years of eligibility to compete in. Five years compared to four years that you're usually allowed to compete in and every other year in collegiate sports and so now they're allowed to compete in five seasons over a six-year period so if potentially you're in you're at a school that is allowing for indoor competition um, you're able to have that extra year to compete which is really really interesting to see because that's never that's never been a thing so how, how does how are records going to be kept, or, or how is other eligibility numbers, and how are how are scholarships going to be held? Uh, do you now have to hold out those scholarships for an extra year? Uh, do they have to be renewed? What, what does that mean? So Because now you're giving an athlete a fifth season, so if potentially they had, they competed, this is their senior year, so if there's a senior, and they, this would be their, they've competed in all, all three years, they'd be allowed to compete in this year, and if the they're, they're at a school where they're like, yep, we're going to go as business as usual for, for track and field. They're able to compete next year as well, which is interesting. So now you'll be having 23, 24-year-olds competing in NCAA, uh, potentially, which, which would be interesting to see how this is going to affect the sport next year especially. So that's going to be interesting. Um, uh, when it comes to indoor track in specifics, last week – uh, we saw a few a few big things happen. So Nebraska actually said that they're going to suspend track practice for a week. It was supposed to return on uh, yesterday, uh, October 19th. Um, so they were supposed to have practice today. Uh, we don't know if they did yet. News didn't break. But they're suspending for a week because there's an outbreak within the team uh, that obviously doesn't bode good for indoor um, meets um that will be coming up and also uh, briefly we had spoken about it last week and the nec first division one conference i believe that announced they're canceling their indoor championships uh for for this season which is upsetting because there's a lot of those athletes and i'm competed in the nec um that are no longer going to be able to follow their dreams and and be Um, collegiate athletes or or whatever that might be so it's it's upsetting to see that especially so early on in the year Um, if I had to guess why it was probably because they had to rent out the the building because none of the schools have indoor tracks um, that could be competed on and so my guess is like hey we're not able to rent out the ocean breeze facility for x amount of dollars whatever it is and we don't know if we can do it or if we're even going to continue because the NEC has actually Cancelled all fall sports. So what are they gonna do to have? You know indoor sports going on as well, which is a completely different story So that's disappointing uh, to see Uh, will be it'll be interesting to see what's gonna happen there so uh, What are some solutions? What are some things that I think? Indoor track can do in order to compete. Okay, so the this is my my wild theory Um, of how we can have indoor track and field. So this is barring that nothing changes. So this is my solution for having athletes compete during this current climate where, you know, you have to have social distancing. There is no vaccine. We don't know what it is. You're still asymptomatic, all that type of stuff. This is my solution for that. Um, I want to let you know let me, let, me, let me make sure I say this before I, I give my solution. I am no medical expert. I have no idea if this is even logistically possible, and I am just spewing ideas out of my head. I am a washed up athlete that was sports management, has no idea how medical things work, but I'm just giving ideas out there. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, uh, this is how I think track and field meets are gonna run for the indoor in order for it to work. So first, uh, all of the meets are going to be regional. What does this mean? This means that teams are only going to be traveling to schools or states which do not require them to quarantine. So if a school is in New York, they are only going to be competing at schools within New York or are going to be competing at schools that do not require um, states that do not require a two week quarantine. a two-week um, quarantine after or before uh, going into that state. For example, uh, since I know about Maryland because I went to school in Maryland. Uh, for any school like mine, Mount Saint Mary's, which was a Maryland school, that would mean that they're only going to be competing at, I believe, two different facilities. That 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 this would be my suggestion. So it would be Navy and uh, PG. Um, you'd be only competing at schools that are in your state that means you don't require to have any quarantine time before or after so that's the first part of the solution next there would be a maximum of five teams that can compete at each meet so what does this mean for championships conference championships or national championships I don't know as of right now that would mean that they can't happen this would just be for regular regular meets Um, there'd only be a maximum of five teams Uh, and within the solution of only having a maximum of five teams you can only have two competitors per school uh, so if you're competing in the 400 uh, that would mean that there can only be a total of 10 competitors and there would be two heats of five uh, that would be the way so essentially everything would be semi-finals or already a final so uh, there, there'd be a lot less competitors lot less people at the meets uh, for all the other uh, events because i know that you're going to be saying oh colin well what about the distance events or what about any event over 200 meters that is going to have to have merging of lanes Um, because for other events like the 200 or the 400 or 200 or the 60 or the 60 meter hurdles you can have athletes stagger lanes so you're still socially distanced But you can't do that in the mile. What, you're going to have everyone stay in one lane for the mile? How's that going to happen? Well, this is because everyone before the competition is going to have to test negative um, in order to enter the competition and be able to be present at the meet. Um, And then during those events, then there wouldn't be social distancing. I mean, there currently isn't social distancing in football, cross country, or whatever it is, as, as they're you know, they're competing, and, and so it'd be the same. It'd be the same there. Um, for those that are allowed in the facility, you're only going to be allowed in the facility during your competition, and that's it. So you're going to have to be in a designated warming area, a warming up area, in order to warm up. So whether that's A, outside, if it's warm enough, uh, B, you, uh, in the hotel or see in a designated warming-up area that is not currently in the facility. Now, this is obviously not going to be possible for all the areas because um, it gets there's rain, snow, whatever, where it doesn't allow for, for you to be there. So it's going to be difficult in order to have that warming up because that's crucial. You don't want to get injured. Um, you want to be able to compete at a top level. Um, but that this is a, just a suggestion. I, I think that you could do that. And so once you compete, you leave you're not going to be able to cheer on your fans but I mean that's that's all you can that's all we can say Uh, in regards to um, the events that are going to be going to be competing so during the day I suggest that there are a maximum of three events that can be uh, going on at one time so uh, this is in order to limit the amount of people that are that are inside that are inside the facility and so that would be a throw so like shot put then you could have a jump like long jump and then a run like the the 60 meter or um you know something like the the 400 and so there's only only a maximum of those three events and they have to be in three separate areas of the track like the left side on the track or you know in the middle on the runway or whatever it might be so you can only have a maximum of three so you wouldn't be able to have long jump and pole vault you wouldn't be able to have uh The 400 and the well, you wouldn't have the 60, but, you know, you you can you would only be able to have a maximum of three events going on. So there's times where there's four or five. eh, Sorry, no dice. We can't do that. So those are my suggestions for how we could be able to continue track and field during a covid world. Uh, Is it perfect? Not even close. Is it good? I think so. I think that we'd be able to compete at smaller events. What does this mean for a championship, though? I don't know. I have no idea how you'd be able to socially distance a championship because there would be a ton of people at a track. With this suggestion, you'd be having uh, anywhere from – you'd be having under 100 people within the facility at all times Um, because obviously the only coaches that would be allowed in would be the event coach at that time, and then they'd have to leave. So with this, there'd be you know a maximum of only 100 people or less, and and for most that should be – 25% of the capacity, hopefully, but I don't know. Those are my ideas. So is track and field dead, though? Uh, I don't know. I think this year is going to be super, super difficult to have. I don't know how we're going to have championships. I don't know how we're going to be having major meets. I'm not sure how any of that's going to happen, especially collegiately. Because for pros, you can be like, all right, you're getting paid so you can have these major meets because they can take the risks. But for a college, I don't know how you can say that it's going to happen. But I can also see that they'll most likely have basketball because March Madness is the biggest, biggest event in all of college sports. Just all of sports, probably. It's the biggest event. And they already missed it last year. And if they miss it this year, you know what that's going to do for funding. Then track and field really might be dead for college because there won't be any funding. Because if basketball March Madness misses again for a second time, no shot, no shot, we're going to be able to be competing anymore because that that's where all of the money comes from. Like track and field doesn't make any money; it's all football, and it's all basketball and so if we don't have either of those in a major way obviously there's some basketball teams that are or football teams that are have came back and have been able to compete and have some fans in the stands but for the most part if, if we don't if we don't have basketball then I do not know how many of the programs in track and field are going to survive we might they might be going the way of uh, Minnesota they might be going away of William and Mary unfortunately because it'd be they'd be seeing hey you're not bringing money in but you're costing us a million dollars to be able to keep you going maybe it's not worth having you and that's unfortunate and it sucks so is track and field indoor track and field dead maybe who knows so we'll have to see but thank you thank you for listening to another episode of track world news Make sure that you shoot us a like, a rate, a review, all that good stuff. It's super, super supportive, and I I love the support that you guys have given already. It's been fantastic, uh, a lot more than I had ever thought so far. Keep it going. I uh, really do appreciate it. Next week, what are we going to talk about next week? Huh, let's take a look. I mean, there's a lot of things besides, like, typical news. Hmm. You know what? How about next week we're going to talk about... What are the most unbreakable world records? I like that. So, next week, tune in and you can hear what are the most unbreakable world records? Which records will be standing the test of time? I don't know. Uh, give me your comments. Tell me what you think. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode. This has been Colin Waitsman with Track World News. Have a good one and peace.